Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, EV charging chess games, pickles, and diesel locomotives. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim right now on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, a poster to the stars. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm great, Bud. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, there are car shows abounding everywhere right now. Oh, yeah. And you know you know what's been great? Hmm. For, for June, I mean, we're going to be in July before we know it, but for June, it's been so cool in the evenings. If you can catch an evening car show. Oh, it's been, weather's it's been, been awesome. Beautiful. What a beautiful spring we've had. Just check out Running Boards and Ragtops, or Ragtops and Running Boards, whichever one it is. Uh, and I'd like to thank Larry Dunn from the Corvette Club. He sends me these every every month so I can keep track of the car shows. Okay. That's very nice of him. Uh, Canadian wi- wildfires. Oh, yeah. Come into view for us here in Georgia. And, you know, I, I, I didn't think about this. Elon Musk has got that uh, filtering system in their cars, the doomsday filter or whatever it's called. Oh, right. So people that have a Tesla are driving around in the wildfires if they can charge their cars mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about all the smoke and stuff. Sure. So I guess you can go live in your Tesla for a few days if you're in that situation. But it reminds me that the wildfire smoke is much more dangerous than just the pollution and stuff that we have in our regular air every day. Mm-hmm. And some way you can eliminate part of that or all of it is by changing your filter in your car, your cabin filter. Oh, right. So I ran across this article that said uh, 26% of people that took this survey said they didn't know if their car had one. They didn't know where it was located. Uh, The filter works when the fan is turned on in both the fresh air and recirculated settings. Uh, But a lot of folks didn't know, you know, that they even had this device in their car. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you need to take care of. Most filters uh, take 98% of the particulates down to the size of 0.5 microns, according to AAA. While the HEPA grade filters are available that can reach 99.97% uh, percent of the particulates as small as 3 microns. Tesla and Mercedes have the HEPA filters. Mm-hmm. But um, this, these things are 15 to 20 bucks, and you need to you know change them from... 15 to 30,000 miles, different depending on, you know, the owner of the vehicle. Like somebody that smokes cigars all the time. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm yeah, not going to yeah, mention yeah. any yeah. names. But uh, <laughs> if you live in an area with uh, high levels of pollen, dust, and pollution, um, change them, you know, often. We changed one for a customer last week that was complaining that they had a an odor in their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was full of leaf debris and because they keep their car parked outside under the trees yeah and eventually you know that that stuff crumbles up and it gets into the the regular vents that let the air into the car and then it clogs the filter and then it's the same as your house filter right so you know if you get a chance you need to change that thing out and take care of it so uh uh, change your dirty filters change your dirty filters all right that's what i'm saying change your dirty filters 
Okay, I got to get something off my chest now. Oh, God, oh, we here we go. got the wildfires out of the way. Wind him up. Uh, you got the oxygen tank ready for us, Bill? <laughs> either, either one of us might need it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Last, last week, the news was that Ford had gotten together with Tesla and came up with an adapter to allow, mm-hmm. you know, Fords to be plugged into the Tesla superchargers. Right. This week, that uh, GM announced that their cars will not, now start using the same charging port as the Tesla. Mm-hmm. The, the NACS port. I don't know what that stands for. It doesn't matter. So in the near future, all Teslas, Ford, and GM owners can sit waiting in line for 60% of the public chargers that actually work yeah. to fill their tank with electricity mm-hmm. that comes from fossil fuels right. delivered to most power plants by hybrid-powered trains. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know where we're going with this. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Because they say... The mandates, what the mandates are going to require as far as electric vehicles, it's going to require 1.2 million charging stations by 2032. And that would require us to be building 400 charging stations per day. Holy cats. Right now, we've got 12,000 charging stations. We need 1.2 million. Who's running this show? It's powered by ignorance. The manufacturers are starting to realize that the EVs have a very limited infrastructure. So I think they're kicking the can down the road to Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to say, well, we built the cars just like, you know, we made the deal to build the cars. Now it's up to you guys to charge yeah. them. And, and Elon Musk is happy because he's getting the subsidies from the federal uh, government. No, he's not getting the subsidies from the federal government. He's getting the subsidies from... Oh, yeah. You and, you and me. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. know, do you know, Bill, I'm going to throw you into the mix here. Do you know what happened November 20th or November 30th, 2010? Were you busy that day? Probably. It was the introduction of the plug-in hybrid Chevrolet Volt, V-O-L-T. It was the answer to high oil prices, et cetera, that was going on then. Mm-hmm. And, that, that, you know, many of the salespeople couldn't explain how the car worked. Right. You know, they said it was like it was magic. No, it wasn't mag- magic. It was an engine that had an onboard generator, and, it, it, you know, it powered the motors. Right. We talked about it at the time. Yeah. And I thought it was great. The sure. electric range was only 53 miles per gallon when it first came out, but it went to 106 MPGE in mm-hmm. the later years. And they killed the car. Right. Now they've come out with the, electro- the all-electric Chevy Bolt, BOLT, that's mm-hmm. been out for a couple of years. They just killed that. Because it doesn't fit their platform. And they had the answer 30 years ago. Yeah. Remember when we were exporting energy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're energy dependent again. And mm-hmm. the gas prices are going up. Right. They and went up 15 cents in the yeah, last week. Some places on the planet still have it for under 5 cents a gallon mm-hmm. for gasoline. They're playing us. Oh, man. So many folks start their, their car every morning and have no clue. What, what happens when you turn that key. Right. We got to start paying attention to this stuff. Oh, yeah. Because people don't understand the hybrids. We, we try to talk about it here on the, mm-hmm. the air and make it make it make sense. Sure. And all, all right, if you want to have an electric vehicle, that's fine. But we don't have to force it on everybody. Right. Uh, I just think it's, it's, just, uh, it's just mind-boggling. It is. When I read these articles and I think, you know, who are these people deciding that we need this, we need that? And the three of us all have hybrids. Right. And they're just crazy economical. Right, right. We've doubled our, our mileage and we have cut our emissions in half. Yeah. 
by using electric motors part-time in our vehicles without changing our routines. We still stop once a week. Once some, a month, in, yeah. in the case of mine, with the plug-in okay. hybrid. Yeah. Put some gas in your car, and away you go. With all uh-huh. the driving I do, folks. twice a month. Yeah. Wow. Pay attention, folks. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's right there in front of this you. This is crazy. And you know what they say. Well, this, this we're going to get into this in another segment, but <laughs> the uh, amount of... Well, let's get into it in another segment. We got we got more. We, we got, got lots more. We got more, more coming. <laughs> Need parts for your electric uh, for your electric car? Well, don't go to our friends, the muscle car experts at Year One, who provide our uh, podcast. Yes. So that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to access WDUN, click the links and hit the buttons, and listen to the show at your convenience, or go to your favorite podcast site and listen to the show anytime you want. But if you want great parts for your classic muscle car, you go to our friends at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia. And they have come out with a, they, they, uh, they have a special on a part that they have right now, and it's electric trunk lock. It's specific for Pontiacs, but I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, it's a solenoid. You know, it's a solenoid with a latch on it. How many different places can you use that in your car? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, whether it's a Ford, Chevrolet, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, most of us can figure that kind of stuff out. Right. But if they've got, you know, if they've got the part, that that's a cool option to have in a car. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of having to get out and open the trunk, you can pop it from the mm-hmm. inside. And, you know, you're back, you're back like a like a new, snazzy new car has. Oh, yeah. You know, don't have to go out. You They're don't. restoring American performance. Sure. Check them out at yearone.com. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally backed, and happy to serve you. For our next guest, as we record this uh, program, mm-hmm. is on Power Tour right now. Hot Rod Power Tour. And that would be the hot rod guy, the most hot roddingest guy we know, Brad Ocock from Northeast Georgia. Swap me. Brad, welcome back into Bud's Garage, kind of, sort of, as you're driving down the road. Hey, Brad. It's, it's good to kind of be there. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim's got a burning question here about, we know you're at Hot Rod Power Tour. You're headed to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, what vehicle are you driving on Power Tour this year, Brad? I am driving the Disco Biscuit. The Disco Biscuit. Tell us a little bit about the Disco Biscuit, Brad. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This isn't isn't the one that you went out west and bought, the Chevy camper that you had all over Facebook and stuff? Nope, this is a different one because oh, okay. uh, apparently my mother dropped me on my head repeatedly as a child. So oh, okay. Now I have two vintage campers. <laughs> so, so now you're in the vintage camper collecting business. Yes. Well, you see, collecting is the is really the godly thing to do because coveting is a sin. So if you see something and you want it and you don't get it, you're you know you're putting yourself in mortal danger. So if you if you buy it, then you don't covet it anymore. So that's pretty much my philosophy of life. Oh, okay. Well, that makes right. perfect yeah. sense. So tell us tell us what you're actually <laughs> driving, what you're physically driving, what year it is, what what powers it, and uh, oh. I, I, I've, we've talked about it, so I can only imagine. Go ahead. 
<laughs> it's a 1978 Dodge camper van. Well, it's a camper van. It's a 1978 Dodge motorhome made by the Robin Hood RV company. They used a uh, Dodge chassis and van nose, and then they put a big fiberglass camper body shell on it. So, oh, okay. okay, so uh, that's uh, a Class C in uh, yes. camper jargon. No, that's not classy. Yep. It's no, class, class C. C. Oh, okay. Exactly. There is nothing classy about this thing at all. <laughs> all right. Tell us Tell us what's powering this. And, and, and tell us the deal, because hopefully the guy that sold it to you isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has a 440 Big Block Mopar in it. When, uh, when I saw the Facebook Marketplace ad, it was kind of hideous and it's styling. It's in fantastic shape. And it's clean. It's just got that hideous early late seventies styling. So of course I called and contacted the guy and it said, you know, nineteen seventy eight Dodge Camper, five thousand dollars. And then in the ad it said motivated seller. So obviously with motivated seller, I had to call whether I wanted to or not. And, uh, <laughs> the guy said that uh, it had a bad transmission. A woman had bought it in California. Worked on it, had it worked on, drove it from California to Georgia, and then parked it in a RV park for um, several months and lived out of it. And it's got, I think it's got 87,000 original miles on it. And uh, she, he said when she went to go start it back up to move it, it wouldn't go in gear. Uh, just the trans just slipped. So she had it flatbed towed to this RV repair center, and the guy told her, yeah, it needs a brand new transmission. So she didn't want to do that, so she sold it. The guy who owns the RV center sold it to a friend of his who was going to live in it for a while, put a new transmission in it while they were building a house. So he, that ended up not panning out. So they posted the ad. So when I got out and looked at it, um, first thing he told me was that it was a small block and the doghouse was off of it. And I've been away from Mopars for a really long time, so I climbed into the driver's seat. And I glanced down at the the top of the bell housing on uh, the trans, I thought, well, that's 727. Eh, maybe it's one of the ones that they... Transmission, yeah, box, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, which they did, and they put, you know, small, they put 727s behind some small blocks. It's rare. And then I realized that the valve covers were kind of long and, and rectangular, and there was no distributor on the back of it, and I thought, oh, well, that's not a small block, that's a 440. Uh, so then uh, uh, the actual sticker under the hood, which nobody read, uh, verified that it was 440 if anybody was so inclined to walk around and do that. So I started it up, you know, it took a while, it was cold, so we started it, put it in gear, and yeah, the, the RPM just sinked way up. So I got out, I looked at the trans fluid, and with the engine cold, the trans fluid on the dipstick was showing full, which is not supposed to be the case. So I talked to a couple of buddies, um, you know, afterwards, and they were like, yeah, the torque converters in the 727s drain down if you don't start them regularly. So, ah, torque converters okay. empty. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, the guy was, yeah, so the guy was like, well, what do you think? Eh, I mean, it's really nice. It's in good shape, but I don't, I just don't need another one. And uh, he goes, well, why don't you make me an offer? I said, eh, I really don't want to insult you. And he said, eh, go ahead and insult me. And I thought, oh, well, it just went down to 2,500. <laughs> and then he, without saying a word, and then he goes, I really need it gone. After his breath with his wife standing with an earshot, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, it just went way down. But, well, I could make it gone for $1,000. And he goes, ah, 
now I couldn't I couldn't let it go for less than two thousand dollars. And said I could take it away for fifteen hundred. Yeah, okay, you got it. I was like, cool. Dang, now I own another camper. Oh, good so, for you. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so you're so out. We, you're we out in. Uh... <laughs> well, we came back a week later to get it. He was like, "So are you gonna are you gonna tow it?" And I came back with my friends Daniel and Brittany Anderson at Resurrected Garage, who helped me on the other camper debacle. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got there a little early and looked at it and put half a gallon of trans fluid in it and started it up. And the engine buckled up in drive, and then we put it neutral and put it in reverse and the engine buckled up in reverse and we shut it off uh, right away and then when the guy got here we talked a little bit more and he's like well the, the, the building owner here really wants it gone so are you guys gonna, you're going to take it today right and I said yeah and he said well did you bring a trailer I said no if we can't get it running we'll you know we'll get, we'll get a tow dolly but we should be able to get it at least outside the gate so that you don't have to worry about it anymore and he's like oh okay that'd be great and we put another half gallon of trans fluid in it and drove it home and drove it home. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so real, real quickly here, you're taking it on power tour, and how far are you yeah. going to go? Uh, well, we're leaving from the uh, power tour started at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton. Right. So we just drove down there in our in our daily driver yesterday and picked up our credentials. Because okay. Yeah. We're going to South Carolina, which is kind of right past where we're staying, so it didn't make sense to go down, deal with Atlanta traffic, and then turn around and come back the next morning. Right. So we went down there and walked around the place yesterday and saw all the things, saw all the people, and then we uh, are heading out. We got a little bit late to start this morning. We have some buckling up to do one. Okay. All right. Both of our stuff. So while I've got you on the horn here, and we've mentioned North Georgia yeah. uh, swap meet. Tell us uh, when the next one is and, and how things have been going at the new location real quick. Uh, our next one is July 8th, and things at the new location have been going absolutely fantastic. It's a big, Great. Uh, big, smooth, paved parking lot. We've got an indoor pavilion that we have access to. Uh, we've got lots of area to, to park vintage cruise in cars again, which is something I sorely missed last year. And then we've got uh, good parking for all the spectators. So it's been going absolutely fantastic. Um, we started it in February, and all of the shows have been immediately successful, except for our three-day show, which rained most of the time. Can't so, do much about that, no. No, you can't. All right, so how can folks uh, learn more about the swap meet and uh, get on the mailing list and all the things associated with Northeast Georgia swap meet? Well, you can go to our webpage, which is anygeorgeswapmeet.com. That'll have the date. The best way to do it is if you're on Facebook, go to Northeast Georgia Swap Meet. We always got posts on there and schedule and flyers and information. And then uh, you can also email me or text me your email address, and I'll put you on our monthly reminder list. And uh, if you'd like to text it to me, just uh, text it to 706 424 5035. Okay. And, uh, send me your email address. Brad Ocock, the uh, Don Quixote of motorhomes, it sounds like. Uh, safe travels out there <laughs> on Thank your you drive. Very much, Brad. I appreciate it. All right. You take care out there. See you, Brad. All right, man. All right. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Don't go away.
Welcome back into Bud's Garage, brought to you by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and More. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, and repairs for what our town drives. So let's talk about a couple of pickles, Tim. Okay, let's do. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you. How about our first pickle that you'd like to talk about? This is actually called the nickel pickle. Yeah, the nickel pickle. Well, you know, Bud, they were using cobalt. Yes. To make the batteries for electric cars, mm-hmm. and then you know people were like, well, you know, you, you've got these little kids uh, mining cobalt in the Congo, and that's not right. So what they decided to do was change up to nickel to replace a lot of the cobalt with nickel so that the kids wouldn't be. So I don't know, the kids over in the Congo are probably starving now because they can't go mining and they weren't going to school anyway. So God knows what they're doing to make money. But the nickel is in Indonesia and the nickel is right under the surface of the ground. The only thing they have to do is clear the rainforest to get whoa, to whoa, it. Whoa, 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 Clear the rainforest? Yeah. Yeah, so they're just mowing. How, how is this helping the environment? Well, hey, 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 hey. You're not allowed to ask that, bud. So they're clearing the rainforest. They're clearing in, in, in the what, rainforest. In what, uh, in what scale are we talking here? Are these like huge mines? And Yes. So they're like, they're, they're like a strip mine. Right, exactly. It's just like mountaintop mining in West Virginia. Nobody complained about that, though, did they? Wow. <laughs> So, it, let's see, greenhouse gas equivalent to 56,000 tons of carbon dioxide. Oh, my God. Uh, and and, and what, are the, what are the environmentalists saying about this? The environmentalists don't appear to be saying anything because they're... Because it's know, not in their backyard. It's right, right, right. It, 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 and not only that, to get the nickel, to process the nickel... To make it useful in EV batteries, they have a process that uh, they use high-pressure acid leach, or HPAI. The technique has been around for decades. This is smelting. This is, they use sulfuric acid and heat it to more than 400 degrees Fahrenheit at enormous pressure. And that's the way that, and then it leaves a slurry. A highly toxic slurry that nobody really knows what to do with in Indonesia. And this is not a slurry with the fringe on top. This is a dangerous slurry. This is a very dangerous slurry. And it's made out of sulfuric acid. Sulfuric acid. Folks, so you ever been around a charging battery that's that's been charging Mm. too long and smells sulfuric acid? Or, you know, have a catalytic converter that goes bad? Could you imagine being exposed to that stuff all day long? And they got, in the picture here, they've got little cloth masks on like people were yeah. wearing during the COVID thing. Right. That's right. going to protect you. Sure. Not. And Indonesian law allows these companies to obtain permits to discard this slurry into the ocean. Yeah. Oh. That's really helping the environment. And this is so we can all have the electric so, vehicles that yeah. I was... So us here in America going can on drive our electric cars and... But, you're, you know, don't say anything negative, bud, because they are listening. This is a circus. This is a huge circus. Meanwhile, are these folks all, are these, these miners and stuff, what kind of equipment are they using to mine this stuff? It's not electric. No, it's bulldozers, diesel-powered, you know, equipment, just like they used to mine coal in West Virginia. And we're going we're gonna to 
tear down the rainforest for this. Mm-hmm. Well, they say they can grow more trees afterwards. They promise to restore the land afterwards. Oh yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure that if you um, you know dump sulfuric acid on the ground and stuff, it just goes away after you know very quickly. What are you What are you laughing at over there? <laughs> Bill's over there listening, and he's just you saying, have to laugh or you cry. Well, it it is very sad. You know, the, the, I I don't know. Well, they used to get a, a higher grade of nickel out of Canada and Russia, but the mines were much deeper, but it didn't take as much effort to refine the nickel to be usable in EV batteries, but but it was more costly because you had to go deeper to get it. And you got to go to Russia to get it. And, well, yeah. 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 Right. And, or Canada, of all places. A. <laughs> take oh. off, you hoser. Uh, well, speaking, speaking of pickles... Oh, this this just makes your mind real. I saw the Idaho potato on a flatbed on my last trip up north. You know the commercial they have with the the truck yeah. driver that's got. And they actually, I you know, I thought it was just a, a gag thing. It it's is a actually giant a giant potato. T- potato on a truck. Oh my goodness! It was going the other way. I, if I could have if I could have made a U turn and caught up with the thing just mm-hmm. to see what just the a- tater was made of. It was the biggest tater I ever saw. Though, I'll tell you. But I, I, and of course me, my mind starts wandering. How many fries could I get out of that tater? That would be an interesting subject. Well, I'm sure. Now, Bill would probably know this. You know this kind of stuff, Bill. Is there a regulation uh, French fry size? No. Is that why we have curly fries at Arby's that are, you know, the size of a, like four regular fries? As far as I know, you can make a fry as big as you want it. Wow. Wow. Okay. But I bet there's a mathematic formula that you put in length times width times girth times whatever. Oh, I'm sure. Whatever. McDonald's has it figured and out. And somebody can tell us. Mm-hmm. From the size of that potato that was on the truck, how many fries we could get out of that. Right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to assign that as homework. Okay. All right. How many French fries in a large potato? All right. All right. Mm. Do the math. I'm sure there's a formula online. I'm sure there is. All right. Moving on to uh, another pickle. Not tater. Moving on to another pickle. The Toyota Toyota. Toyota the Toyota pickle. Yes. Tell us about Mr. Toyota Mr. and what Toyota they're doing to the, da, the poor gentleman. Who had the audacity to speak the truth. Chairman Akio Toyota is being punished by... Um, He's being targeted by investor groups, like that retirement funds that have investments yeah, and all, because he had the nerve to say that uh, we're going to need more than 300 new lithium, cobalt, nickel, and graphite mines to right. meet expected battery demand. Right, right. The amount of raw materials in one long-range battery electric vehicle could instead be used to make six plug-in hybrid vehicles or 90 complete hybrid electric vehicles. Well, you see, he made news in December, and we reported this on our show, that a silent majority in the auto industry was wondering whether EVs are really okay to have as a single option. But they think it's a trend, so they can't speak out loudly. That's what he was saying about other CEOs of major car companies. He emphasized that the battery-powered EVs are not the only way to achieve the world's carbon neutrality goals when there are hybrids and plug-in hybrids as alternatives. Well, he said that uh, 
90 hybrids over their lifetimes is 37 times as much as a single battery electric vehicle. The overall reduction of carbon of 90 yeah. hybrids over their lifetime is 37 times as much as, as a, single a single battery, single battery electric e vehicle. So there you go. So there you go. It goes on <clears throat> and on and on. Well, washing your car got you in a pickle. Where are you going to go to get your car washed? Well, you're going to go to the... Make it look... Well, not like a pickle. Let's not make it look like a pickle. No. Looks like make a dilly. Beautiful again. Pick a dilly. Okay, here we go. You go to the Extreme Clean Auto Spa after all that, and if you remember all that. They have two locations, one on Browns Bridge and one on... White Sulphur Road. White Sulphur Road. That's entertainment, the one on White Sulphur Road. That's, yeah, that's where they the, have the big one that, tunnel, yeah. that Bud likes. Too. Yep. Bud likes, not Bud Light. <laughs> now, Tim, don't... Or Tim, Bill, whatever your name is, don't don't you take Rupert there a lot? I do. I, I actually use both locations because the one's closer to my apartment and one's closer to where I swim, so... Oh, oh, good. Rupert, Rupert gets now, plenty of cleaning. You don't swim at the car wash like this one next to me. Has if done. I'm in a hurry, I might strap myself to the roof and just not order the hot wax. Ooh, Ooh. that's the best part is the hot wax. That's what <laughs> Tim was telling me anyway. Anyway, just go... What I oh, like boy. about it is when you go to the Browns Bridge location, you can actually go in there with a dually. Now, you can't run it through the, you know, the, the, the tunnel, but they've got a thing that you, you park in there and the wash moves around you. Just take the hitch out of the receiver. Right. Check them out at White Sulphur Road and Browns Bridge Extreme Clean Auto Spa and get yourself a membership so it's clean and easy. Okay. We'll be right back here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Let's talk about, the three of us are in hybrid heaven because we drive hybrids, okay? Yes, yes we are. I also have a gas guzzler and I have a pickup truck and Tim's got 14 other vehicles. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear goats are driving now. Oh, really? <laughs> Let's talk about diesel locomotives for a moment. They are the ultimate hybrid. Mm -hmm. Bill, do you know when diesel locomotives started? I do not. 1918. Way back then. Um, 1924, there were three companies making, uh, were making diesel locomotives. And when I say a diesel locomotive, it, the, the diesel is not connected to the wheels. Right. The diesel is running a generator that mm -hmm. is, you know, there's... When we went from steam locomotives, you know, you actually had the pistons out on the outside of the train. Right. And with the connecting rod going to the wheels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't do that with a, a diesel. And a diesel is too herky and jerky to launch the wheels steel on steel on a, on a right. you know, train. So they went to electric. And in the 1940s is when they became, you know, being put in use for the most part mm -hmm. uh, across the United States. Because the diesel engine powers the generator and the generator powers the traction motors and the traction motors power the wheels to make the train move and they were much simpler to work on and didn't need to stop as often to be refueled. So that's how they became so popular and still. So, you remember my babbling in the first segment 
about General Motors. And I'm yes. not picking on General Motors dealers or anything. I'm, I'm talking about the leadership and, you know, the deals that are made, you mm. know, behind closed doors. Guess who the first company was that came out with a diesel locomotive that went into production and could be used everywhere? General Motors Electromotive Division. Right. Fine-tune the diesel that we know today. Mm-hmm. So, hybrids were the answer back then. Sure. And hybrids are delivering the energy to the power plants now in the form of trains. Mm-hmm. And trains move more product across the United States on a daily basis. Yeah. And they're a hybrid. Okay? So next time you're sitting in a railroad crossing, just think, hey, you know, that's a very efficient vehicle. Yeah, no kidding. Hopefully sitting in your hybrid so you're not burning any gas. Yeah. Right. And still sitting with the air conditioning or on. Oh, man, isn't that wonderful? It's beautiful. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, like I say, it is, it is mind-boggling. Uh, this is not a hybrid. Well, yes, it is. I'm sorry. Tim, your yeah. car is a hybrid. Little Eddie. Mm-hmm. He's the only mm-hmm. one you have in your fleet? Or no, your wife's got a Toyota. Jody's got a Toyota. Yeah, hybrid. right. Uh, Toyota hybrid. We're a hybrid family. Is, is we, it a plug-in hybrid? No, it's not plug-in. It's We're just regular hybrids. And just We're both hybrid. getting over 40 miles to the gallon, around 45 miles to the gallon, because we're doing a lot of highway driving now. Now, I'm not offending any. I'm trying not to offend anybody here. Didn't you put cat skins in Little Eddie? Yeah, I didn't. It's not skins of a cat. No, no, no. no cat skins the, is a company. Cat skin is a company, and it's K-A-T-Z because the, uh, the guy that owned the company was named Cats. He's, oh. that's, that was his last name was Cats. Oh, really? So it's yeah. cat skin, and it's a leather. These are leather upgrade kits. So Little Eddie, my hybrid, was a... Uh, which I'd like to purchase. I don't like a sunroof and all the extras in my car. So it had the cloth interior. I upgraded to this catskin leather kit, diamond pleated inserts. I mean, it's beautiful. It's comfortable. It's a very nice upgrade. And we could do that for just about any car. Uh Ah, that's what I was going to ask you next. What's happening to Tim's auto upholstery right now? We're doing a lot of catskin leather upgrades and convertible tops like crazy. So, you know, carpets, door panels, seats, if you need any repairs done, headliners, my goodness, and sunroof glasses. And this is a whole nother issue that uh, people don't want to talk about. You know, the NHTSA just completed a seven-year investigation on sunroof breakage, random sunroof breakage. You know what their findings were? We don't see any issues with safety here, so we're not going to... Uh, call for any recalls of these. In the meantime, we're doing five or six of these a week, and people come in, and they all have the same story. When that thing exploded while I was driving, I didn't know if I'd been shot, and I slammed on the brakes or swerved my car. It's a recipe to have an accident. So when when you when a sunroof goes bad, it doesn't all stay together? I'm, I mean, we all got safety glass in our cars now. It breaks into a gazillion little They're pieces. Different sunroofs are different. Some of them just crack, but the other ones explode like a side glass would and so they and when they explode it rains shards of glass all over all the over inside the of the car right and then you think you've been shot of course or worse right you know wow oh yeah yeah but the nhtsa says well 
nothing to lo- nothing to see here. Nothing folks. to worry about. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, if you have upholstery worries, where can we go to? Well, we can go to Tim's Auto Upholstery in Duluth, Georgia, thirty-five sixty-eight Buford Highway, behind Howard's Outdoor Hardware and Power. Catch us on the web at timsautoupholstery.com. Give us a call, 770-418-1336. We'd love to see you. We will keep you in in stitches. stitches. Let's bounce back to segment one for one other thing. We were talking about the wildfires. Yeah. Complete Auto Parts Mm -hmm. has got those filters we were talking about. Oh, yeah. I was, you know, reading in between things here. All three locations, Complete Mm -hmm. Auto Parts, you can get the cabin filter for your car. Speaking of cats... And cat skins. <laughs> Dodge just brought back a stick shift challenger Hellcat muscle car for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the last year of this car. Uh, it's only available for the 717 horsepower uh, supercharged engine. So it could meet emission schedules. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, emission schedules, standards, I'm sorry. So you'll be able to buy this. You go to the Dodge Horsepower Locator, which lists every single Challenger that would be available before production ends, and specify the manual transmission with your order. It's only available on the entry-level, entry-level, 717-horsepower car. Yeah, (laughs) entry-level. Entry-level. Not the cars with 797 and the 807-horsepower or the 900-horsepower engine. (laughs) Because the V8 Challenger will be replaced by an all-electric Charger SRT Daytona in 2024. Wow. Interestingly enough, though, they are using a floor pan in there that you can change from an electric vehicle to a gasoline vehicle using the same body. Ah, ah, ah. One's got the tunnel, one does not have you the tunnel. you got to love those guys from Dodge. They always got something up their sleeve. But this is going to be a rare collectible. Um, you know, for folks, uh, they're only going to make so many of them, I can't remember. Total production will be low. doesn't say a number. It doesn't give a price either. But uh, I'm just telling you, that's a lot of horsepower with a stick shift. Oh, yeah. And I could not find who's making the transmission, but I'll, I'm just going to guess that it's somebody like Tremec that's making oh, the transmission. Because yeah. they, they came out with a fantastic transmission I've got in my Mustang. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3160, I think it's called. What a what a great shift in how many horsepower is your Mustang? Just under five hundred. It's four hundred and eighty horsepower. Whoa. You know, a little tweak will get you mm-hmm. to five hundred, no problem. The the resonator already uh, disappeared from the car. I don't know. Um parts for your classic challenger? Where are we going to get parts for our classic uh, Mopar uh, well, Challenger? We'll, Mopar or no car. We'll go to the muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast so that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links and hit the buttons and listen to the show at your convenience or Go to your favorite podcast site and listen to the show anytime you want. But regardless, go visit our friends, the muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia, for all of your muscle car needs. They are restoring American performance. Yes, they are. And if you want to catch the podcast entitled Bud's Garage Overdrive, which Mm -hmm. is an extended version of this very show, 
you can do that at any of the podcast sites or, you know, uh, listen to it on terrestrial radio like you're doing right now. Okay. But you can go to the podcast sites and listen to Bud's Garage. And I believe our guest this week is they have a list of all we have a list of all the guests at the podcast site. I believe our guest this week is a historian Cody Dinsmore. Got some great uh, stories of historic uh, drivers and racetracks here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll have a lot of fun with that. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 515 FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week. <laughs>